Good afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to live from your true self through all of life's twists and turns. And you'll be challenged to lean into the mysteries of life to find your own deepest wisdom. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, while there's many spiritual leaders out there teaching that we should stay uninvolved in the real dilemmas of the world, there are others who are teaching that we're responsible as spiritual advocates for our part in bringing about the essential evolutions of the collective mind. Some are teaching that we should turn off the TV and spend our time in a constant state of bliss by affirming that all of the life out there is just an illusion. Well, I say if it's an illusion, it's a collective one one for which we are all, each person, responsible. If we who understand oneness, we who understand the power of love, we who understand the deep presence of the divine within us, if we back out, if we do nothing, we are responsible for enabling the continuance of the illusion. So you want to be here today to learn what we mean by spiritual advocacy. Okay, so you know this is the Authentic Living Show, so we're going to talk about authenticity, and we're going to talk from authenticity. So what is that? What is authenticity? It's the deepest, genuine essence of who we are. It's the truth. And so, I, you know, I'm not sure that I have the uh, captured all of truth in a box and that I understand truth as, as in terms of what it is for each person, but I can say that uh, when I, something resonates within me as truth, I have to act as if it's true. That's all I've got. And so if I don't act as if it's true, then I'm pretending. I'm pretending that things aren't true that are true, at least to me. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm living like with an elephant in the room. That means I'm perpetuating an illusion. So, you know, there, uh, we, we talk a lot about the illusion of living, of life on planet Earth, how it is that uh, the real, the real truth of life of life on planet Earth is that we're all one. We just don't know it, and we uh, we're not operating as if that's true. So we're living in the illusion that it isn't true, and I agree with that. I agree that 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 we are living as if our oneness is not true, but that the truth is oneness. Nevertheless, that doesn't mean that I should back away from it and pretend that I'm not a part of that illusion. Because I am. I'm here on planet Earth. I'm a part of whatever else happens on planet Earth. And I have a part in uh, helping it evolve or helping it stay the same. And if I don't believe that, then I wonder what it is that we are doing here. Yes, I'm here to discover me. I'm here to fulfill me. But what does that mean? Does that mean ignoring the elephant in the room? Does that mean pretending I don't feel intense uh, compassion about certain things? Does that mean I don't have passionate interests in the world? Does that mean that I just don't participate in the world at all? Uh, One of the great master teachers, Jesus, talked about being in the world but not of the world. So what that means is that I'm a complete participant in the world, but it is not my source. It is not the source of my uh, my well-being, my wisdom, my strength, my understanding, my enlightenment, my truth. It's not the source. The world is not the source. But I am a part of the world, and therefore I have to interact with it. And I, and for me, that means interacting with it in a very authentic way. So if I see something or I'm involved with someone who uh, 
brings up a topic uh, where uh, in which there could be a, a, such grave um, emotional content that somebody's life might be in danger, then I feel that it is my responsibility as an authentic person to respond to that as if it's real. I don't want to just go pretend I didn't say they didn't say it uh, in order to be polite. I don't want to pretend that um, that you know it's the right thing to do to just pre- pretend that away to to uh, ignore it. And you know I live in the South. Uh, in case you can't tell from my accent, I live in the South. So what that means here is that you're never supposed to rock any boats. In the South, we live in this one large enmeshed family. Okay, so what is an enmeshed family? An enmeshed family is a family in which you're not allowed to disagree. You're allowed to be loved. You're allowed to be hugged on. You're allowed to be told, bless your heart. You're allowed to you know, be supported in those kind of ways that really feel good. But you're not allowed to be different. And, and, you're diff- and your difference means you can't disagree either. So you have to be like everybody else and or else your difference is going to stick out like a sore thumb. And, and in the South, in an enmeshed family, we don't like difference. We want everybody to be the same because somehow we have come to believe that sameness is the same as okayness. That if you're okay, I mean, if you're the same, then you're okay. And if you're not the same, then maybe you're not okay and maybe you're suspect. And so we don't, we're not so sure about you anymore. And that's sort of a, a, an archetypal belief system that permeates throughout this culture. And, uh, and it's not just in the South. It's, it's all over the Western culture. But it's uh, pretty heavy in the South. So, um, so what that means is that uh, when you disagree, there's this quiet, subtle, oh, my gosh, did she just disagree? Did she just say that? Oh, my gosh. And, and, and people are, can sometimes be insulted or feel like you're disre- disrespecting them just because you've disagreed openly with them. <laughs> well, that's true uh, in a lot of places in the South. It's true in a lot of places, places all over the United States. It's true in a lot of places in any of the Western cultures. But it's also a lie. It isn't true that it's disrespectful to disagree. It isn't true that we should sit on our truth when we see something dangerous happening in front of our eyes. It isn't true that we aren't a part of a culture where we are participants in whatever is going on. We're either helping it evolve or we're helping it stay the same. And we play that role. And so if we're quiet and pretend that things aren't happening, then we're living in an illusion. We're telling ourselves, oh, that's not really happening. It's not really there. I don't have to deal with that because all of that's an illusion. And what's really happening is I'm living in the illusion by telling myself that I don't have to really participate in a culture where, where there's difficulties and blindnesses and people aren't acting as if they're one with each other, which they are. So, yes, we do. There is that illusion that, that we're not one with the divine and we're not one with each other. And that is an illusion. But it's an illusion in which we all participate if we don't step up and act as if we're one with each other and one with the divine. So we might do some things that rock the boat a little bit. You know, it's, uh, it's not always true that all the master teachers were uh, just stayed out of everything. Now, it's true that some of them lived in uh, ascetic lives, 
for periods of time at least. And uh, it's also true that others did not. So, you know, there might be a time when asceticism is important and we might need to go off by ourselves and live alone and not in touch with the world for a while. I'm okay with that. But, but when, we're, when we're in the world, we are in the world and we are participants in the world so we can't ignore what's going on. So when we hear spiritual leaders teaching us that we should turn off the TV and uh, stay in a state of bliss and stay in a meditative state most of the time and, and live uh, in that world instead of in the part in the participating in the world at large where things are happening that that might be dangerous to others that might uh, feel threatening that might um, might be uh, unsound or unwise or unloving or cruel even. Um, and so we see these things happening. We can say to ourselves, that's not really real. It's not really happening. Really, everything is just one. So that's not really happening. So I don't need to do anything about that. But I suggest instead, then, then instead of backing away into that illusion that we would say, yes, it's real that uh, what's really happening is oneness. And somehow this is going to evolve into oneness. But I'm a part of that oneness and I'm going to step into it instead of stepping away from it. So that's what I mean when I say spiritual advocacy. I, I mean stepping into the truth of the situation as it exists right here unfolding in front of you. Be a part of that. Don't try to back away from it. Now, I would say also that, that there's a time for, uh, for stepping back. Uh, before we go any further, I want to be sure that, that we understand that there is a time when, of course, if violence is erupting, you don't want to be a part of that, and certainly stepping back or calling 911 or doing whatever you have to do to protect yourself and or others is very important um, in not getting involved in violence. Uh, so I'm not advocating for that, nor am I advocating for hate of any kind or judgment of any kind. Spiritual advocacy is not hate. Spiritual advocacy is not judgment. Spirituality is Spiritual advocacy is not going out into the world and telling the world what it's doing wrong. That would be judgment. Judgment implies uh, uh, that a ruling has been made. And the ruling is you've done bad. You've done wrong or you've done right. And that's the way it is. That's the judgment. Discernment, on the other hand, just observes what's going on and decides what you're going to do about it. So the decision to what to do about it is not even really a part of the discernment. Discernment just delivers you to that place of decision. Discernment is an observation of what goes on outside while simultaneously observing what goes on inside of me so I can see how I feel and what my intuition is saying about what's going on outside of me. Um, and then I can make a decision about what I'm going to do about it, if anything. Uh, and so uh, we do need discernment. We don't need judgment. We do need to observe, but without evaluating. We do need to observe, but without judging. Uh, and so that observation is very important. And turning off the TV and closing the doors and the windows and the blinds and the shades and the curtains uh, and living, going into a meditative state to stay in bliss all the time so that we can hold on to the truth that, that all that other stuff out there is just an illusion is, is not uh, a, a way of joining the world. It's not a way of participating. It's not a way of being alive. It's not a way of being alive. So what do we do then when, we, when, when things come up that create intense feelings in us? Um, you know, there's a lot that's going on right now politically that for a lot of us creates intense feelings. And so we could react in hate. 
we could react in judgment. So what do I mean by hate? Uh, we've talked about judgment. What do I mean by hate? What I mean is that I want to block you out. I want to blame you. I want to say that you're evil. I want to, of course, that comes with judgment. I want I want to uh, to distance myself from your from your difference. We disagree, and therefore you're so different that I uh, that I have such intense feelings about you that you have to be cast aside cast away put away you know far away from me Um, so ultimately that's what hate does it sends people away or it hurts them Um, and uh, if if hate deliberately becomes hurtful either with words or with with uh, physical violence then of course it's not productive and it's not spiritual advocacy so I want to be really clear about that what spiritual advocacy is not uh, but what spiritual advocacy is, is speaking your truth into a situation. And I like to think of that as, you know, I've seen Reiki masters uh, when, they're, when they're teaching others how to become Reiki teachers or Reiki masters. They uh, do an attunement. And one of the ways they do that sometimes is to blow into the clown chakra, the holy breath. And uh, I think that's such a beautiful ritual because what it does is it says, you know, I have some holy breath in me, and I can give it to you. I can blow it into your crown chakra and open your crown chakra. So, so what that says is uh, that we, as one with each other, have the power to bless each other with this power of our own uh, spiritual attunements. And and uh, so it, it, that's that's the same thing as what we can do when we speak our truth into a situation. We're sort of breathing our holy breath into that situation and offering it a new paradigm, a new way of looking at it, a new possibility. And that very offering is a gift, a sacred gift that we give to that situation. That is spiritual advocacy, to speak the truth into a situation and then to walk away from it, if that's what's called for. If we, you know, if that person wants to continue to fight or argue about it, we don't have to fight and argue. We just speak the truth into it and then walk away. And um, that's, a, that's a way of blessing a situation. That's a way of blow, blowing your holy breath into that situation and offering it the possibility of a new shift, a new enlightenment, a new awareness, a new awakening. Um, and no, it's not true that every time you do that, people wake up. I mean, commonly when I do that, people don't wake up. Uh, and sometimes I do get blamed for speaking my truth into those kind of situations. Sometimes people do go, oh, Andrea, what are you doing? You know, because they think that being disagreeable, just, just making a, an open disagreement with somebody is the same as disrespecting that somebody. And again, that's, uh, that's a form of enmeshment thinking. It's not the truth. But um, when, when, Sometimes when I do speak the truth, somebody realizes that, oh, hey, that's, that's really what's going on here. And, and maybe, maybe that's something I need to look at. And I will tell you that it also works when somebody does that with me. When somebody, uh, when I speak something that is not true or that is not of oneness or is not of the, the essence of who I am and somebody can call me on that and, and, and I get to see what I'm doing, and I can say, oh, look at that. That's, yep, that's what I'm doing. That was a little moment of blindness there that I had. I can see clearer now. Thank you very much for telling, speaking the truth into this conversation that we were having here. And that 
allows, um, I, I, I awaken because others speak their truth to me. So I know that other people can awaken when I speak my truth to them. And again, that doesn't mean they're always going to, and it doesn't mean that they should. I don't have a timetable on when somebody should awaken or if they should awaken in this lifetime. I don't know what what somebody else's soul's timing is. I don't know what somebody else's soul's agenda is. I don't know what somebody else's soul's karma is. I don't know what should happen. I don't know what should happen. I only know what does happen. And so as a result, when I speak my truth, if somebody doesn't, you know, hear it, get it, see it, awaken, do whatever that I would like for them to do, um, that doesn't mean that's, that, I've, that, that I've wasted my energy. It doesn't mean that at all. In fact, what it means is I've told the truth, which has its own energy, which carries its own seeds. It's a little bit like the dandelion fluff that, you know, when the wind blows, it flows all, blows all those dandelions, uh, seeds off into the world, and we don't know where they land, but somewhere they land and a dandelion grows. Or somewhere they don't land and a dandelion doesn't grow. And it's not up to me, it's up to the wind. And that's kind of the way I see truth, that it, you know, it's going to go out there and it's going to do what it does, and it's not up to me, it's up to the wind. One of the th- things that uh, uh, the master teacher Jesus did when he was talking to Nicodemus in the middle of the night about being born again, he sa- he compared the the ways of God, so to speak, to the ways of the wind. It's a mystery. We don't understand how it works or why it works, and we have to let that go. We, we're not in charge of that. We're not in control of that. A lot of people think that spiritual advocacy means that I'm supposed to get you to understand what I see. I'm supposed to get you to see the things that I see the way I see them. And we're not evangelists. We're not pro, uh, uh, supposed to, you know, control somebody else's idea of what's supposed to happen. We're not supposed to save souls. That's not our job. Each soul saves itself. And and so uh, our job isn't to preach at or teach at or get other people to see it the way we see it, but we are as spiritual advocacies um, to say the truth. We're to say the truth into a situation. And that also means living the truth into a situation. And we're going to talk about that some more after the break. But we know that our, our time is well spent when we've spoken the truth into a situation or to a person. And we've challenged that period of time or that person or that circumstances to evolve to another level. We've challenged it. It may or may not evolve, but the challenge is there. With the dandelion seed is blown out into the out into the air and we don't know where it's going to land. And that's okay. We've still spoken the truth. Um, all right. So we're, we're, we've understood a little bit about what spiritual advocacy is and isn't. And we're going to talk some more about how to live into spiritual advocacy right after the break. Stay tuned for more right after these messages. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, 
gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAE639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save $20 today with coupon code VAE639 at Freshly.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at AndreaMatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about spiritual advocacy, what it is and what it isn't, and uh, trying to understand whether or not we can actually allow ourselves to be spiritual advocates in this world, particularly today, uh, in this difficult environment in which we're living in the United States um, but before we talk any more about that, I want to talk a little bit about Super Soul Sunday coming up this Sunday, uh, September the 3rd at 11 a.m. Eastern and Pacific on OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network. Um, Pastor Rob Bell and his wife Kristen discussed their book, The Zim Zum of Love, A New Way of Understanding Marriage, on this coming up show. It's a special encore presentation, and uh, they're going to be back again with a new presentation the following Sunday. This Sunday, September the 3rd, 11 a.m. Eastern and Pacific. If you have seen it or and want to see it again or you have not yet seen Pastor Rob Bell and his wife Kristen talk about their book, tune in this coming Sunday. Okay, so we said we would talk a little bit about what, how it is to live as a spiritual advocate. We've talked about speaking our truth into a situation or uh, to a person to try to offer a new paradigm or a new perspective about the situation. Um, and to let it go after we've put we've blown our holy breath into the chakra, we can then let it go. And uh, now we want to talk a little bit about living. I think we can live the same way. We live our truth, and we let it go. Uh, we trust that whatever it, that truth is supposed to, wherever it's supposed to land, that's where it's going to land. And if it and if it lands nowhere and stays out there in the mystery for a while, that's okay too. But our lives are not are are first meant to be authentic and uh, to offer that truth to uh, to the evolution of the world. So we are in a world that is ever evolving, um, and you know people talk about the pendulum shift from you know a really sort of liberal view to a really low. Uh, conservative view and then back and forth and back and forth until somewhere it lands in the middle and I really do think that we're seeing this major shift right now to the more conservative view in some environments and yet we see a a big fight going on for a more liberal view and uh, we see spiritual advocates standing in the middle and calling for compassion on both sides and uh, so 
it doesn't mean that you can't hold a liberal view or that you can't hold a conservative view and still be a spiritual advocate. What it does mean is that your advocacy is for truth as you see it and, uh, and as you can experience it in the deepest essence of who you are. Um, there is a, a lot of teaching right now going on out there about how uh, there's a right way to live and a wrong way to live. And again, I would call that judgment. Um, that is not spiritual advocacy. Um, and I think we can call cruelty, cruelty. I think when we see that it's not, uh, when something is cruel, we can call it what it is. Or if we, or if something uh, uh, lacks compassion, I think we can say it lacks compassion um, because that's our experience of it. But, uh, but to tell other people they're living wrong or to tell them that they are that they're not living right is judgment. Um, so I think we we do have the, the the responsibility to call a thing a thing, and to not to pretend that it's not what it is. But we also have the responsibility to not take that to the next level of judgment. So um, in our lives, we want to present that in our living experience so that we can be uh, spiritual advocates. My first advocacy as a spiritual advocate is to myself. I, I need to advocate the truth to myself, even when it's difficult for me to see. E- even when I have to call myself on some things that, that I am lacking trust, perhaps, or I'm lacking vision, or I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, being uh, loving to myself or others, or I'm uh, refusing to... I'm stonewalling, I'm refusing to see, I'm stuck in a place and don't want to move or, you know, uh, I get so scared about whether or not I'm going to be okay that I take something from somebody else. These are the things that we need to call ourselves on and own and recognize the source of it as, you know, that old duality thinking that says that we're not one with the divine, that our provisions are not already made, that we're not okay we're not worthy, and, and, and these are the things that scare us enough to put us in a place where we're desperate enough to do things that we later regret. So when we can call ourselves on it, we don't want to just tell ourselves, you're a bad person, you know, you, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're unworthy, how could you do that? You know, we don't want to beat ourselves up with it, and so often that's what we do because we live in a world that does that. And so it's easy for us to pick up that same thing and do it to ourselves. But rather than doing that, we need to go to the source. We need to not just understand what we've done and maybe that it's not was not a healthy thing to do, but also we need to understand why we did it. So we did it because we got so afraid that the tr- the, the duality actually is the truth. We got so afraid that duality, so for example... I'm going to make this up because I don't steal things, but let's just say I did. Uh, Let's say that I stole something from somebody else. Why would I have done that? Well, typically it's because I I would feel so afraid that I was not being provided for by the divine, that I'm not really one with the divine and that I'm not being provided for by the divine, that I have to figure out what I'm going to do about a desperate situation, so I'm going to take it from somebody else. I'm going to take from them what they have because... I don't really believe that the divine provides for me and that I'm going to be okay with that division provision. Um, I, I love the story in the Christian of the uh, Jewish Tanakh in the Christian Old Testament where 
the Israelites are crossing over uh, into what would later become Israel. And they are in the desert and they're crying out for food. And what happens is they, uh, uh, the story goes that God sends a quail into the, into the nation and so many quail that they have leftovers. And uh, they eat, can eat quail every night. And they're also, he drops manna out of the sky. It's supposed to be this kind of really, really good bread, really sweet, good, delicious bread that drops out of the sky. And this happens every day, all along the way, throughout their entire journey. And they have some times when they might be afraid they're going to run out of water, and water is always provided. So they, they have everything they need, and yet they're constantly complaining that they don't have enough. And I think that's so true. It reminds me of a teenage boy, you know, trying to get into our girl, uh, trying to get into their freezer when they come home from school and saying, there's nothing in here. And the mom comes and points out how many things are in there. The freezer's full. The cabinets are full. And the kid goes, but I don't like any of this stuff. You know, that's kind of what they were doing. They were saying, well, you, you know, we have no food, but I don't like any of this food. And uh, so, you know, that that story is, is humorous in that way because that's what we do. We tend to do that. We This is not good enough. This provision that I have is just not good enough. I need something better. And that's kind of how we judge our provisions. And then we can get ourselves from there into a more desperate state where we might do some things that we later regret, even up into stealing from somebody else. And so we don't do these things because we're evil people. We do these things because we believe that we're separate from the divine and that we can be evil. And because we believe that, we act as if it's true. And we make it so and confirm it for ourselves. And so so it really looks true to us. So, uh, So we need to understand as a spiritual advocate, the first thing I need to understand in advocating for myself is that I need to know why it is that I do the things I do. And when I can call myself on my on that that sort of duality thinking, then I can recognize that my that okay I see I slipped back into some duality thinking there. That's why I did it. Let me go make amends and let's work let's work on the duality thinking. Because if I just tell myself don't ever do that again, you're just so bad for doing that. I'm probably going to do it again because all I've done is affirm my badness and 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 not work on what the reason why I was quote-unquote bad uh and and so that we need to understand that as a spiritual advocate for ourselves and that might also be true for other people when we're advocating for them if they come to us and tell us that they've done something they feel really bad about and we hear them beating themselves up we might want to ask them do you understand why you did that um instead of you know just tell them don't don't do that again or that was pretty stupid or what'd you do that for or any of the things that we might classically want to say back to them um so uh so spiritual advocacy is a form of love spiritual advocacy is a way of giving love it's uh and we can actually tell the truth to others in love and we can actually live the truth for others in love and for ourselves in love so what does it mean to live in truth? Well, I think it means to live in the oneness of who we are and to live into the authenticity of who we are, to live into who we are. Uh, it means to be true to ourselves, to be true to our deepest, most authentic essence. And that's a work of art 
and uh, sometimes we scribble and sometimes we paint and sometimes we're connecting dots that don't belong together and, and, and it's a real going to be a real interesting masterpiece when we get to the end of our lives and look at that picture we've been painting um, because uh, because we've taken some zigs where we might have zagged and zags where we might have zigged but we but but the all each path that we've gone through is going to be really interesting to look at and see what we were gaining I'm, I'm real curious about as I look back when I when I get to the other side I think about this a lot when I get to the other side I'm gonna look back over my life and uh, I'm gonna see all the information that I was getting all along the way that was helping me continue my evolutionary process and I'm gonna see how that worked together and I'm gonna trust it so much more on the other side than I do over here where I'm constantly being berated with information from the world that tells me that oneness isn't true and that I'm not one with the divine and I'm not one with other people and there's there's only trouble and sorrow and difficulty and suffering on this plane and you know the best you can do is grab your little piece of joy and run away with it so uh, that's what we're being told pretty much uh, regularly in this world and it's really we need to give ourselves a break and tell ourselves that it's okay that sometimes we slip into that belief system because it's it's constantly reinforced so, uh, so uh, living the truth and for other people means that I live into my oneness. Now, how do I live into my oneness? Well, I stay in the frame of mind which allows me to see that I am actually one with other people. That what they experience is a part of my experience of life. That I don't have to carry them. Now, I want to be real careful about that, but I do want to be sure to uh, offer the truth of care to them. So when I feel a real compassion for someone or something, I want to respond to that as if it's real. I want to go ahead and do something with that compassion. I don't want to ignore it or suppress it or repress it or tell it I don't have time or tell it I don't have energy or do any of those things that we typically do when some compassionate thought comes into our minds. We just sort of, oh, well, we understand the compassion, but we put it away. We don't do anything with it. Um, As spiritual advocates, we can live into, oh, I'm feeling this compassion come up, and so I'm going to pick up the phone and call the person I'm feeling that compassion about and just say to them, I was just thinking about you, and I wonder if there's anything I can do for you right now. And that, you might be surprised at how amazingly profound those kind of connections can actually be that we can, uh, we can literally, we feel this compassion well up within us. We pick up the phone and call that person on the, at that moment and say something like I just said. And they go, oh my God, I can't believe you called me just now. I was just so troubled and it, it feels like you're just like an angel. You've come to me right at the moment when I needed to talk the most. Uh, and that's that has happened many times in my life. So uh, I think it's important for us to to understand that when we have these things, they are a calling. As spiritual advocates, these things call us to respond. They don't They don't just come up for no reason. They don't just come up because, oh, we've had a thought about somebody. Isn't that nice? They come up because there's there, our souls are talking to us. Our souls are talking to us about life and about what, how, what we want to give to life and what we want to take from life and what... What, what gifts there are to unwrap from the tree today. Uh, so uh, being a spiritual advocate means taking what comes up within us and making use of it in the world. That's the same with create the creative impulse. If you have a, 
a special creative ability, like you write or you sing or you do art or you um, do films or you uh, are an actress or you, you know, whatever your particular talent is, if you use that to give your gifts of authenticity to the world, then what you've done is you have taken, uh, you know, you've taken your gifts and made them into a spiritual advocate. So because what you're doing is telling the truth to your world. So again, I want to reiterate, as I did in the first segment, we don't want to pretend that there's not a pink elephant in the in the room. We don't want to pretend that there are not grave issues going on in our world right now, where money's being taken away from some of the most compassionate programs that we have out there and, and given instead to people who don't need it. Uh, and money's being taken away from some of the most urgent programs, issues like medical care and things like that, in order to give it to people who don't need it, who don't have any urgent issues, and if they do, can afford to take care of them themselves. Um, and uh, so that that whole idea is uh, is um, it, it it does not serve the people. It does not serve the people that it, that were originally intended to be served. It does not serve uh, the public to take money away from people who need it and give it to people who don't need it. And if we lie to ourselves and say that's not really happening and that's just an illusion, then what we're doing is continuing the illusion. We're helping to continue the illusion. Uh, and the illusion is that we're not one and therefore we have to grab all we can. We have to, you know, the divine doesn't take care of us, so I have to grab mine and be sure that I keep mine and make sure that you don't get any of mine. And and that's the kind of thinking that comes from that duality thinking. So. To live into the truth, then, might be to speak up. It might be to just live as the truth that we can give to others as we can. So we, uh, whatever we can give. So right now, we have Hurricane Harvey. Uh, this created just vast amounts of damage in Texas. And it's still creating more da- damage in Louisiana today as we speak. Um, and... You know, what can we do about that? We, we feel this immense compassion about it. What are we doing with that compassion? That would, whatever we are, feel called to do from our souls, that's what we can do as a spiritual advocate. And if we don't do it, then we've ignored our capacity to be a spiritual advocate. And uh, we might say, well, I don't have enough money, or I don't have enough time, or I don't have enough, you know, energy, or I just, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to be given to something that won't be really given to the right source. Well, check out what you're, who you're given to. Do the, do the, do, uh, do process and, and due diligence and, and make sure that you, you check out who you're giving your money to so that it really does go to the people that you want to serve. Um, but use that compassion to give your gifts and whatever they are. Uh, a dollar, ten dollars, uh, some clothes, whatever it is that you can do, that you're called to do, do it. That's living into your spiritual advocacy. So we take what is in us, what is the truth within us, and we manifest it in the world. That is what it is to be a spiritual advocate. And that is what it is to be, to live an authentic life. We take from the truth that presents itself within us, and we manifest it in the world. That's a combination of the feminine, which is the inner person, and the masculine, which is the external person. Let's put those two together and take what's in the inner world 
and manifested in the external world. And that's how we live as an authentic being. That's how we live as a spiritual advocate. So these are kind of one and the same things. I'm defining them separately, but they're real. They're really the same thing. A person who lives authentically does respond to what goes on within them as if it's real, and it and and does uh, not ignore the signals from the external world that say, "Hey, I need you," uh, and 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 the signals from the internal world that respond to that signal from the external world and say, "Oh, I really want to be there for you. Not I should be there for you." but I really want to be there from you. So, okay, uh, I want to talk a little bit about shoulds there because sometimes with spiritual advocacy, we tend to think that we are supposed to take on the world in a way that saves it. And therefore, we believe that we should be doing X, Y, and Z uh, for X, Y, and Z causes. And we, um, and therefore, we get ourselves overburdened and overwhelmed by doing a lot of things that we should do instead of things that our compassion is calling us to do. So I I use this analogy a lot. So charity number one comes knocking on my door and they, you know, plead with me to give them some money for their charity. And I don't, uh, this is not one that I really have a lot of passion or compassion for, but I feel kind of guilty and I feel like I should give them some money. So I give them $10. And they go away. And 30 minutes later, another charity comes. And this is one that I've got real passion and compassion for. It's something that I really feel strongly about. And I really am excited about the possibility of giving them money. And I go to my billfold, and guess what? The $10 that I had is gone. I gave it away to somebody else who I felt I should give it to. So now that's that's sort of an analogy, a sort of metaphor for how we treat ourselves when we get into shooting all over ourselves about spiritual advocacy. We tell ourselves that we should give to this or that charity. We should give to this or that uh, organization. And, and therefore we give, we give a lot and, and then we don't have anything left to give when it comes time for real passion and compassion. So it's really important for us to understand that um, we, we, we can actually Overdue, we can get ourselves into shooting uh, and and uh, a mission-driven idea about what we're supposed to do in, instead of living from moment to moment in the compassion um, uh, of the of that moment that can lead us it can lead us to uh, truth can lead us to giving the truth um, to the to the people to the people that are in our in our lives. And the interesting thing is that our lives are peopled with people who, you know, I think that's another thing. When I get to the other side, I'm going to look back and I'm going to see uh, who were the people who uh, were in my life and what, how, how were they a part of the evolutionary process uh, and, you know, what was actually going on there with regard to how we interacted to, to make that inter- evolutionary process continue. And I think it's, it'll be fascinating. I think we'll look back and see that this person and that person had this kind of energy and they were a part of the evolutionary process because they used that kind of energy to help me with this or that or, and I was able to help them with the other, the other kind of energy. And, and we'll see how that, you know, was moving together in this gigantic orchestral movement that, uh, that we, could, uh, we could participate in. And uh, so I think it'll be very, very interesting to see how uh, that evolves over time uh, in, in our lives when we look back over our lives after we've lived that life. 
So, uh, so we've talked a little bit about, you know, what spiritual advocacy is in terms of telling the truth. We've talked a little bit about what it is in terms of uh, understanding how we can live that truth by living who we are as authentic beings. And now what I want to say a little bit about is what it is that we might be using, what we might be having to advocate about right now. Uh, in particular, we are uh, in an environment with a lot of uh, anger and hate, a lot of uh, homophobia, a lot of racism, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of um, blame and shame being cast on either side of those arguments. And um, we are called upon to understand, you know, come to our own understanding about these things, to come to our own um, recognition of what's going on, to be a part of that recognition and to, uh, to um, allow ourselves to really live into what the truth is about um, our lives, about our own lives. So I have this to give. I have me to give. I don't have you to give. I don't have your truth to give. I have me and my truth to give. And I, so I can live into that. I can trust that I am a part of that. And I can continue to, uh, to allow myself to, um, to engage that, to engage with that in a way that's real for me. That's what I can do. I can't um, go speak to the president today. Um, if I ever get an opportunity to speak to the president, I will speak my truth to the president. But today I can't speak to the president. What I can do is work in the world that I have and do what I can do in this world. And as a spiritual advocate, I sign petitions, I write letters, I make phone calls, I do my part to create shifts in, in, in our consciousness about what, it, what we're really here doing. Um, because in my, for, for me, for my truth, it isn't true that it's okay to ban transgender people from the military. Um, it isn't true that it's okay to, uh, to fire people because they're gay. It isn't true that it's okay to be violent with black people. It isn't true that it's okay to, to uh, form groups of hate and to, to create violence in the streets. It isn't okay. These things are not okay. And, and for me to do nothing about that in my spiritual advocacy would be for me to say, oh, these things are really okay. That's kind of what I'm saying when I do nothing. But I hear people telling me, oh, we don't want to talk about politics. We don't want to talk about religion. We don't want to talk about neo-Nazism. We don't want to talk about confederatism. We don't want to talk about these things. This is just, is, you know, too tense. We just don't want to talk about it. But uh, we are going to take a break right now, and we'll be right back right after these messages. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. 
Life is complicated and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We can all use a little help. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash empowerment and register for free. Try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get BetterHelp today at betterhelp.com forward slash empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free. 1-888-346-9141 That's 1-888-346-9141 you can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. So we've been talking today about spiritual advocacy and what it means and what it doesn't mean. And what we've said so far is that we can speak our truth even though some people might find that it's disrespectful to disagree with other people. Um, and we can go ahead and speak that truth knowing that we are offering truth, uh, our own, I use the analogy of sort of blowing holy breath into the, uh, the crown chakra to uh, allow someone to wake up. That doesn't mean they will, doesn't mean that they can, doesn't mean that they're supposed to, but it, they might. And uh, so we do that and then we let it go. Uh, and I made the comparison of between uh, the uh, dandelion seed sort of blowing off where it will, and we don't know whether it's going to land or not, whether it's going to plant another dandelion or not, but we, we let it go. And so, uh, and we, could, we also talked about living that way, not just speaking that way, but living that way. And we've just been talking about the kinds of things that we might advocate for, um, particularly if, you, if, if you're in a situation where uh, someone says something that uh, you might consider to be dangerous to other people. Uh, it, it is uh, we, we're being called, and we feel that we we might feel that intensely, and we also might sim- simultaneously feel that there's a there's a, a judgment that will be cast upon us if we speak up. Uh, but but if we can go with the compassion at the moment, or the passion of the moment, then what we might do is speak up and advocate for truth advocate for love um, it, it, there's been several things that we see on on social media stories about people speaking up when somebody was acting in a hateful way to someone else of a different race and uh, somebody uh, somebody spoke up and and advocated in love for the person who was of the other race and uh, saw something shift and change not necessarily with the person that was hating but in the environment in which they found themselves, in a group where people began to go, oh, okay, one person spoke up. Maybe we can all speak up. Maybe we can all, you know, help this person of a different race. Um, and and instead of uh, going, saying nothing and doing nothing, 
uh, and not advocating for truth. So, you know, in these situations, we have a little fear that other people are going to react badly, and they might. That's a possibility we need to consider, and we need to weigh the the danger of that. We need to consider what the danger is and weigh it out because it's possible that – that these people are not, uh, we are in a situation where we could be violated physically. So if we are in that kind of situation, then of course what we might want to do is uh, step away from the situation and then advocate for the person in some kind of way and let them know that we are there for them in some kind of way. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if, if we don't advocate, if we don't, Um, speak up for truth where hate stands as a big, you know, hate can stand and look really scary. It can stand and look really violent. It can stand and say, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to hurt you because I hate you so. And so uh, we, you know, as, as spiritual advocates, what we want to do is be loving in the midst of hate. And what we want, what would be best, what would be most ideal is if the love could be so much bigger than the hate that the hate is dismissed instead of the love being dismissed. But what often happens is because nobody does anything, the hate gets bigger and the love is dismissed. Uh, So whatever love you feel is not ever expressed, and therefore the hate is the bigger voice. And so the love that might have been expressed just never never gets seen by anybody in the room because we're afraid. We're afraid of somebody, of the power of hate. And what we need to understand is is that hate is just love distorted and wounded. Hate, you know, people who hate have either been taught to hate by haters, or they've or they have been hurt in some way that makes them feel that hate is some kind of protection. And uh, so they so they use hate instead of uh, of opening up to love. It's the bigger, stronger thing to love. Hate is. Hate is a form of, of coping mechanism. It's not, it's not a genuine, authentic source of power. It just looks like it might protect you. So you hate so you can protect yourself. And, of course, there's a fear base to that as well. And, and uh, so it, ha- it doesn't have as much validity as love. If we can live into uh, a love, if we can speak for love, if we can act on love, then, uh, then that's got a more powerful voice. And when we see that, when we can actually see that in an, in an environment where, so, you know, one, one story I read was about, uh, and I don't know the genders, I can't remember the genders, but whether it was a woman or a man, but somebody that was a cashier said something hateful to someone uh, who was, I believe, Mexican or, uh, yeah, I believe they were Mexican. And um, the person in line behind them spoke up and advocated for the person who was Mexican. And uh, what basically happened was it shut down the hateful comment that was being made because it was pretty quickly seen that that was not okay because other people joined with the person who was advocating and, and, and were supportive of the Mexican person. So what, ha- what happened there was that love multiplied. Hate diminished and love multiplied. And we can all do that in our worlds if we're willing to take the risk to be loving in the midst of hate because love is actually stronger than hate. Love can dispel hate. So, okay, well, that's our show for today. We've, we've talked a lot about spiritual advocacy, and I hope that we are able to see that we can be spiritual advocates. We're going to be back again next week. And remember, 
Your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week. 